1: there there are needs that are that are definite needs and we need to be willing to for, to fulfill those needs if we can but we also for those of you who are in the place of receiving need or receiving aid i want to challenge you this morning you know, it's an unfortunate thing, but we live in a corrupt world, and sometimes people can spend all their money that they've gotten on their salary or spend all the money that they're getting on government assistance, and you can buy the fancy cell phone, you can buy the $1,000 cell phone and the $300 pair of shoes and, and whatever it is it's going to be, but wh- where does the necessities come in? There's a responsibility, isn't there? There.
0: Welcome to today's edition of Truth in Christ Radio. If you have the capacity to meet a brother's needs and do nothing to meet those needs, then how can you say you love that brother? How does the love of God abide in you? Here is a test of this love. If we don't divide our bread with the hungry, we certainly wouldn't lay down our life for him. Whatever love we may pretend to mankind, if we're not charitable and kind-hearted, we live the lie that we profess to avoid. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson.
1: More than anybody, her purpose for being a judge was accomplished. She still got the 10-year, the, the 15-year sentence, she, which is right. But then she forgave her, and then she loved on her and gave her a Bible. I mean, it's like, would to God that that, that judge had many more cases where she could give out the sentence, and then point to hope. See, that's where everything is broken. <laughs> We're easy to incarcerate people for what they've done, but then what do you do after that? You just stick them in a hole somewhere, and no love, no understanding, no, no direction now. It's just, no, you've done something wrong. You're, you're judged to hell. Think about what she did, though. She said, you know what? You deserve this. You do. But God can forgive you if you confess Think about the love of that, folks. That is agape love. What that Brant Jean, she took from him, her brother, who probably was a believer. I think that's pretty cool. That's a real blessing. Let's go on here in verse 16. It says, By this we know love. Notice, the, the word is a, a gnosko, it's an experiential experiential knowledge. It's not just knowledge up here, but it's something that you you know because you've been through it, something you've seen, something you've observed. By this we know love. We know agape. And how do we know agape? Because he, Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. For the brethren. Jesus said in John 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd does what? He gives his life for the sheep. In Ephesians 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, Paul would admonish them, Be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. Walk in agape as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. He gave us himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. It was pleasing in the eyes of God to see his son suffer. Why? Because it would reconcile the world to him if they choose to acknowledge him. It's there for them, isn't it? It's like it's like a a smorgasbord laid out in front of everybody. Everybody. The mass serial killer, the rapist, the the drug addict, the 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 alcoholic, the 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 abuser, the murderer. It's all laid out front. All you guys gotta do is come. Confess your sin and receive Christ. The the table is there. And I don't know, I don't know about you, but maybe just because I'm a guy, (laughs) I'm looking at that and I'm like, I'm digging in. That is the best deal going. For God so loved the world that he gave his son as a gift that whosoever would believe in him would not perish eternally but have everlasting life with him. The decision is yours. Have you made that decision today? Have you made the decision to know this king of love? God is love. He is love. Have you made the decision today to love him and to let him love you? I would encourage you today, if you have not, please come forward. You don't need me. You can pray with somebody next to you. But if you have not given your heart to Christ, you have to do it today. Jesus said you must be born again. You must be born again. It's not an option. If you're going to be with him forever, everybody wants to go to heaven but nobody wants to accept his terms. His terms are not grievous. His terms are fairly simple. But you've got to die to yourself, and you've got to ask for forgiveness. You've got to receive Christ. It's so simple and yet so profound. You must do it. You must do it. If you have not done it, you must do it today. You have no guarantee of tomorrow. You think the people in the World Trade Center had uh, they thought that their week was going to be fine. They had the people who died in the World Trade Center on that September 11th, 2001. They had plans for Friday with family. They had friends. They they had dinner dates on Tuesday or on Wednesday night. There were those in the in those towers and in in, in other areas of our country in DC. They had plans to go camping that weekend. They had plans. They had no idea that that day would be their last. They had no idea that that day they would be in such a strait that they would actually have to jump out of a window several, several stories up. It would take almost 30 seconds or something like that for you to hit the ground. So high up. They had no idea that they'd be making that leap that day. The time is now. Now. Today is a day of salvation. If you haven't known Him, you must give your heart to Him. He's irresistible. He loves you so much. Isn't he? he is irresistible, amen? He is. Verse 17, it says, But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? You know, we have to be careful. There, there are needs that are, that are definite needs, and we need to be willing to, for, to fulfill those needs if we can. But we also, for those of you who are uh, in the place of receiving need or, or receiving aid, I want to challenge you this morning. You know, it's an unfortunate thing, but we live in a corrupt world. And sometimes people can spend all their money that they've gotten on their salary or spend all the money that they're getting on government assistance. And you can buy the fancy cell phone. You can buy the $1,000 cell phone and the $300 pair of shoes and and whatever it is it's going to be. But where does the necessities come in? There's a responsibility, isn't there, for us? who can give, we should. And for those who are going to be receiving, be a good stewards, be wise stewards with your money. With whatever you have, be a wise steward. Why should you spend all the money on those other things and then expect a handout? It's just not right. But if you have a genuine need, let's be there to help. And even if you've made mistakes, that's okay. We all make mistakes. But we all need to be careful too, don't we? We need to be good stewards. But sometimes life hands us a bitter pill. Sometimes life hands us a circumstance that we we didn't foresee, and we get stuck, and we need help. It's okay. We need to be there for each other. We need to help each other. He says, "My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. In deed and in truth." I love. There's this uh, lyric in this song. I forget the name of the song, but it's by Jeff Moore. In the distance, it's a song that my wife and I used to listen to in the car all the time when we had. Uh, I think it was a tape. And then we got the CD, but it's by Jeff Moore in the distance. And the song lyric goes, Love that is seen means more than love that's just heard. See, and that's what, that's what John is talking about. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So easy for me to talk about love, and I, I fail at this all the time. You can ask my wife. I failed yesterday. But... You know, we can say all the right things. We can say all the stuff, but yet our actions can betray it. And sometimes we're just careless. Sometimes we're just not thinking clearly. We're not thinking rightly. We're not thinking soberly, purposefully. We can be on autopilot. So easy to do, isn't it? But we need to do more than just lip service. You know, and when anything is done out of true genuine love don't people recognize it doesn't that just break your heart that's why that that video was so incredible everybody i know who watched that fell apart i mean you heard the people in the courtroom they were just losing it even the guys the defending attorney you know his tears coming down didn't expect this love happens you know those opportunities happened you know, God shows up in a wonderful way, and you see stuff like that, and it just like, why does it tear us up so much? Because we don't see it that much. We don't see it enough. And, and, and as time goes on, is the world getting better? Is it getting more calloused? Are there, is it becoming more polarized? It is. That's why stuff like that, we need to remember what it's really all about. Read this chapter over again. It's all about love. We ought to love one another. Even those you may disagree with, you may disagree with, and sometimes you have to part ways. But you can still love and respect, right? It doesn't mean that you're just a a, a doormat for everything and everybody. No, you can tell the truth. Tell the truth, but love in the truth. Love by telling them the truth. Tell the hard thing, and you love them by telling them the hard thing. Don't just sugarcoat it and hide it. Sometimes you need to hide it, because love covers a multitude of sins sometimes, but sometimes it needs to be exposed One on one. Go to that person. Don't go to the internet. Don't go to Twitter. Don't go to Facebook. Go to the person themselves. Plus, there's no paper trail. (laughs) Sound like a lawyer there, don't I? Don't leave a paper trail. Scrub those texts and those emails, delete those emails. Verse 19, and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts in him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. He says, beloved, verse 21, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. See, the deal is God knows our hearts. He knows those who are his, and he knows those who are not his. He's given them every opportunity to come to him, but they would not. And until they take their last breath, they have an opportunity. That's what we must remember. Every person who is alive and has got air breathing and going through this system is a candidate for salvation, and they deserve our respect and love. You may not like them. You may not like to hang out with them, and that's okay. But you can still love them, and you can still respect them. You don't have to get all nasty and hateful. I mean, certainly there's no examples like that in our country today. We need to love. We need to learn to love. Learning to love is the greatest thing, and yet the hardest thing. It's self-sacrificing, because you don't feel it. You may not even want to do it. To me, some of the most, the things that really please the Lord is in you and your heart is so angry and you're so bent and you're like so fried and you're like, I am not going to do it. And then you just, you swallow it and you say, Lord, I am just going to go up to them right now and I'm just going to, after praying for a while, (laughs) get your anger out before the Lord. He can take it. He's got big shoulders. If you got something that you really need to say, you get on your knees in a private room somewhere and you start yelling and you get it out before the Lord, he can take it. And then you take your calm spirit that's been changed and you then you go to that person and say, you know what, I've been a fool. Would you forgive me? Or perhaps you haven't asked me for forgiveness, but I'm telling you that I know that there's an issue. We need to resolve it. Would you forgive me? And then that person, more than likely, if their hearts are right, and you can't control that, can you? But you did the right thing, whether they accept it or not. There's nothing worse than going to a person when you know that they've got something against you and you come with a broken and contrite heart and they just throw sand in your face. What do you do? You swallow it and you go back to your prayer closet. You deal with it and then move on and let the Lord deal with them. Because it's not your problem at that point. You tried. That's all God is going to reward you for. But God would have us to know and have a certainty of our salvation. You know, assurance is a great benefit that gives us peace. You know, in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And here it is, verse 16, The Spirit Himself, the Spirit Himself, not Herself, not Itself, the Spirit Himself, Everybody say that, the Spirit himself, himself, the Spirit himself, yeah, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, we also know that we shall be glorified together. And let's go back to verse 21 in our text this morning. We're getting here to the end here. It says, And whatever we ask of him, ask from him, because we keep his commandments... I'm sorry, let me repeat that. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, if you read that at face value, you think, well, that's just carte blanche. I can do whatever I want. I can ask whatever I want. He's got to give it to me, right? Well, that's not really what the scripture says. In fact, John 14, verse 12 can confuse you. Let me read it to you because we're short on time. Most assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And here it is, verse 13, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Lord, I want that really fancy, I want I want that whatever it is, you fill in the blank. Is God going to give it to me? If my heart's not right, he'd be wrong to give it to me. And he knows these things, doesn't he? Doesn't he know me? Doesn't he know you? I've used this example before, but I remember talking on this about with my daughter, and she'll kill me for saying this again. I remember when she was real little, she said, Daddy, would, would God give me a really, like a 200-pound chocolate bar if I asked him? And I said, I'm, right now I bet he would like to just because you asked, but if he gave you that 200-pound chocolate bar, what would you do? You'd stick it up in your bedroom, and then your mother and I would be nibbling on it in the middle of the night (laughs) when you're sleeping, after you've had eight and five pounds of it yourself and you're making trips to the bathroom. Your mother and I would be secretly under the bed nibbling on that thing ourselves, and then we'd be sick, and so we'd all be sick. I I don't know that God would do that, would he? She's like, that's a good point. He gives good gifts to his children. Good gifts. He gives good gifts. But I love what it says in 1st John chapter 5 verse 14. Here is the crux of the whole matter in that verse. He said, now this is the confidence that we have in him. Notice that if we ask anything and underline this according to his will, he hears us. It doesn't mean that he's going to answer in the affirmative. He may, he may not. And he has his purposes and reasons for not doing so. I don't like it when I, when he answers in the, uh, you know, in the derogatory. Remember Janice Joplin back in 1970, she wrote a song called, Lord, give me a Mercedes Benz. She got a Mercedes Benz, but I don't know if it helped her. Hopefully it did. Hopefully she came to know the Lord. I don't know. But He doesn't always give us the things that He knows is going to tear us apart from Him. And to me, that's dangerous too when we do ask something so vehemently and say, God, you must give us to me. I want this so bad. I've seen young people who wanted a spouse so bad. They argued with God, argue with God, give me a spouse, give me a spouse. And God is like, I can't right now. You're not ready. And he's not ready. Give it to me anyway. Give it to me anyway, Lord. He's like, okay. There you go. We'll see in about six months. He doesn't do that out of anger. But when a person wants something so bad and they are just unwilling to relent, sometimes the Lord to teach us, to chasten us even, will allow us to go through something difficult so that we can learn a lesson. And that lesson, and I've seen it a couple times so far, ended in divorce, tragic divorce. Because one of the, Members of the party wanted it so bad to be married to this person. For whatever reason, this person, he's the one, he's the one. Yeah, he doesn't go to church, but you know, he's a great guy, he's good looking, he's got all the money and he treats me really well until six months after the honeymoon. All of a sudden, you've seen somebody else. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears. Fits his will. And see, that's the great joy. So I would encourage you to ask some really great things. Don't settle for the small things when you pray. Those small things are okay, but I I would encourage you, all of our fellowship, go for the gusto. Ask for the big things, the the things that are good, the things that you believe are are of the Lord. Ask for the big things. Don't settle for the small things. It's okay, don't get me wrong, I'm not being weird here. But what I mean is sometimes my prayers can be so small and I forget how big he is. Lord, would you fix this little problem with my car? You know, he can, and he will. How about praying the really brave prayer and say, Lord, save every single member, member of my family. Before they take their last breath, God, save every single one of them. There's families in this church where that has happened. They've prayed the brave prayer, and everyone in their family is saved. Amazing. Don't be afraid to pray. The, get outside the box of your own faith, even, because my faith is like this, I think, sometimes, or even smaller. But when I ask for the bigger thing, not out of my own lust, but just because I'm like, Lord, if you're really that big, then you could do this, Lord. Pray for the big thing. Verse 23, and this is the commandment, that we should believe on his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. As he gave us commandment. Verse 24, now he who keeps his commandments abides in him. The idea is permanence, abiding in him, continually abiding him. If you keep his commandments, you're abiding in him. And the opposite is true. If you're not keeping his commandments, you're not abiding in him. And finally, we're going to finish here. Sorry to keep you. <laughs> and by this, we shall know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. He's given us. Doesn't it doesn't say in Ephesians, it says this, let me read this to you and we'll end. In verse 11, Ephesians 1, verse 11, God gives you his spirit. He indwells you if you ask him. Notice Ephesians 1, verse 11, In him, in Christ also, we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purposes of him who works all things, according what? To the counsel of his will that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee. He is the earnest. He is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession To the praise of his glory. He puts the down payment of the Spirit of God inside of you until such a time as what? We hear the trump of God and the rapture occurs. And then our physical body will be redeemed. But he's placed a down payment in you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 through 14. That's what he gives us. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. He's given us. Are you a child of God? I pray that every one of you are, and there's some new faces here that I haven't seen, and so I pray that you'd be encouraged. Love Jesus. Commit yourself to him again afresh. Follow him. Let the love of God abide in you, and let it abide, and let it permeate you and all around you, everyone around. Let's stand and let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning, and we pray. Lord, that you do that very work in our lives, God, that you would give us that agape love for each other, Lord. Um, Father, to, to be civil, to love one another. Lord, even if things don't work out and personalities clash, Lord, we can still love each other. We can still speak rightly to each other and respect each other, Lord, but help us to love, to go beyond the feelings, to go beyond, Lord, all those personality things and help us to love each other. Would you please do this work in us? And Father, if there is anyone here who has not given their heart to you, Father, we pray that today, this very day, Lord, now would be the time of their salvation. Lord, have your way in them. In Jesus' name, have your way in us.
0: Amen. I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles.